right, guys, welcome back to the Savage the Past podcast presented by Clutch Points. I'm your host, Point Bubble. With me, as always, my co host, Greg. We're back here to look at our picks from week 10 in the NFL. One game still to be played as we're recording this. That is the Monday night game between the Rams and the 49ers. And uh, Dylan, yours truly here. I need a big game from Cooper Cup and the Rams defense uh, in fantasy uh, as I trail in the family league um, with those two to play and Elijah Mitchell still to play for the Niners. So, I'm down, I think, seven. Um, okay. what, what do you think? How, how, I think I should be. If Cooper Cup has a good game, but everyone can laugh at this if, you know, Cooper Cup goes for one reception for eight yards and uh, the Rams give up 35 points, then I'll probably be in trouble on that one. So. Yeah, I think you're going to be fine. I, I have a hard time seeing that be the case with his level of production this year, but also what we've talked about with the Niners, their secondary is banged up, and they, yeah, it just feels like the, even without Robert Woods, obviously a huge loss um, yeah. without injury. But I, I think even more emphasis might be placed on Cup. So you should be, you should be in the clear there. But yeah, well, you know, wait the wait till the game actually happens to to see at this point because the Niners have had the Rams number in recent years. We're gonna clip this out if uh, <laughs> the Rams struggle, uh, but uh, we probably just sealed it right there. Uh, Niners gonna win big in this one, so we'll see what happens. But um, let's jump into uh, our picks from week 10 and uh we went with our game of the week so the seahawks at the packers uh <laughs> the spread was three and a half I, that that was almost the over under for a little while there dylan um but uh the packers were the favorites by three and a half they get it done here uh, not not exactly the game of the week though unless you love defense and really most of the scoring didn't come until uh, the fourth quarter uh packers win 17 nothing blank russell wilson that hasn't happened um so pretty Pretty nice performance from the Packers. I wouldn't say this is one you're going to go back and watch. wasn't a lot of necessarily highlights, I think, from an offensive standpoint. Mm-hmm. Uh, Seahawks dropped six, three and six. That's probably a, a not a good place to be um, where they're at right now. And then, of course, the other story, uh, Aaron Jones. Looks like he escaped a, a major mm-hmm. injury, so uh, that should be good for the Packers, too. Yeah, he might only be out a week or two. But um, in terms of this one, I mean, the story was kind of why we talked about going into it. The Packers' defense has just been emerging the last few weeks. Uh, performed quite well against Kyler Murray then you know given what Patrick Mahomes did last night uh, it makes their uh, performance the week before all the more impressive where they almost were able to came back, come back with Jordan Levin there uh, so yeah I mean Gr- Green Bay uh, at the end of the day with the offense not exactly performing at its peak uh, you'd like to see more explosiveness from them um, and more complete uh, drives from start to finish it just feels like when the offense does figure it out and it feels like they will figure it out as they have in previous years they have probably the best defense they've had in the last three years in the whole uh, Matt LaFleur era so for Green Bay the, you know feel you know for all the things that did not go well on offense and like we said the, the dodgeable with the Aaron Jones injury should only be out max uh, two weeks or so uh, they're in fantastic shape moving forward in Seattle on the flip side. I mean, bring <laughs> Russell Wilson back and the offense looked worse uh, for sure. And they, coming off of a bye, you just feel like there's nothing really going on there. And it's a credit to Green Bay. Eric Stokes looked really good in this one with some of his coverage and different plays he made running with Tyler Lockett just fine. But, uh, yeah, man, Seattle, that was that was brutal to watch from their end. It, you, you feel like <laughs> at this point with Russell coming back, they needed to – you're going to have to get a few wins here and there. And obviously that last NFC playoff spot still very much up for grabs. Maybe the last two, even with the Saints losing the last couple of weeks. But uh, right now, Seattle just not in a good place. And they still got a lot of tough games to go. Yep, they do indeed. And uh, yeah, three and six in that division. Not a good spot uh, to be in at this point in the season and the NFC. We'll talk about. All right, 
Throw betting locks where we try to win you money. And uh, Dylan, I, I I went all in on this one. I said, this is it. If they're going to turn things around, this has to be the spot to do it in. Uh, I took the Chiefs, two-and-a-half-point favorites on the road against the Raiders. And, well, this looked like the old Chiefs um, to an extent as they completely destroyed the Raiders here, 41-14 on the road in Las Vegas. Uh, Patrick Mahomes throws for five touchdowns. Travis Kelsey, uh, the Raiders dominator, goes for 119 yards uh, receiving. Darrell Williams had a great game, too. Everyone had a great game pretty much for the Chiefs. Um, <laughs> I don't know. I'm not. I'm still not too confident about my Super Bowl pick here, but uh, I will take this betting lock uh, after picking the Chiefs, who are only two-and-a-half-point favorites in this one. Yeah, it was the best performance we've seen from this offense all year, at least in the, after the last three or four weeks where they are really sputtering. They, they did put up some pretty – solid point totals early on in the year despite all the turnovers but yeah the most complete game uh, Patrick taking the underneath throws a lot of people have pointed out that the Raiders probably were makes my pick here at the upset even uh, look worse but the Raiders just a matchup uh, problem here in terms of they're a team that's built kind of more in the Gus Bradley system that's not the two high shells they're not really built with their with the coverages that they uh, like to do to be able to put that together Jonathan Abram sometimes in that system just it really doesn't work out for his ability it's not really maximizing him but it didn't really matter in this one whatever the whatever the Raiders wanted to do on defense Mahomes was taking those underneath throws finally they're being efficient in the running game they're being aggressive they weren't turning it over so finally had a few bounces go their way the Raiders looked like they were going to make it interesting in the second half when they got that quick touchdown obviously the Deshaun Jackson play a lot made of him not exactly running anywhere to <laughs> uh, catching the ball and kind of just pausing and looked like he was glitching for a second. But even if he scores and they are able to, to bounce back another one there, I just didn't really feel like by the end of it they're going to be able to keep up. Kansas City clearly found something. We'll see after this, you know, against different defenses how they perform. But, you know, the Raiders' defense this year overall has played pretty well. Hopefully for the Chiefs' sake, it's not just a matchup thing. Hopefully for them, it's just a sign that with their defense improving, uh, you know, maybe not perfect still, their defense, it's been pretty clear the last few weeks they've uh, played much better even against, yes, against Daniel Jones and the Giants, against the Packers without Aaron Rodgers. But to hold this Raider offense to 14 points, it has been pretty strong um, and, and the last, and especially last season, put up a pretty big point totals against the Chiefs. Definitely a really encouraging win for them. They just got to keep stacking them. Um, but it feels like they're at least back on, on track after a little shaky few moments there the last few weeks. Well, if you thought the Ravens were the best team in the AFC, think again, because um, that was uh, Delton's pick here for his betting lock. And, uh, well, Delton, this wasn't exactly the, that Ravens-Dolphins game we talked about uh, from a couple of years ago where the Ravens went down to Miami and just destroyed the Dolphins. Um, this was much different, and this was just a completely awful performance from the Ravens. Dolphins win 22-10 to and score 16 points in the fourth quarter. Yeah, not a good, not a good game for the Ravens here. No, and they didn't make any adjustments to what Miami was bringing, and it, it just uh, a lot of criticism coming Greg Roman's way for not having answers to questions that we knew uh, the Dolphins were going to present with their style that they like to play with a lot of uh, one high, basically be strong, knowing that you're going to get some pressure quickly and forcing the ball out of Lamar's hands. They're bringing the blitzes all night. They're bringing having guys drop back from uh, the heavy front looks. They'd have all six, seven guys in the line and three different guys. You never knew which ones were going to uh, drop back into coverage and flood the middle kind of zones there. And Baltimore just could not figure out until it was too late in the game. They started moving the ball a little bit um, uh, with Lamar just kind of willing them down the field at certain points, it felt like. But, but yeah, really impressed with my, what Miami was able to put together. The Obviously, the fumble return uh, ended up being a, a huge moment for them. But just uh, 
you know, for all the things Miami has struggled with this year and all the things that we've talked about with them, uh, to see them come out and play that hard and, and have that kind of energy and get, to get up for this kind of game um, is impressive to see because, yeah, and, a, and a, it's a credit to Brian Flores to, you know, given where the Dolphins are, they're not really going a whole lot of anywhere this season, a, a huge step back overall record-wise, obviously, compared to going 10-6 and six a year ago, but uh, they played one of their better games and the Ravens did not make any adjustments. It kind of felt like that, that Ravens game. You could just put this right back in with the uh, the week nine games, all the all the crazy things that are happening with all the teams with worst records with huge spreads uh, coming back to win games. Uh, it felt like it was just an extension of that uh, there. Well, let's go to our upsets here. Um, we both technically picked this one as an upset. Uh, this was my official upset of the week, and my goodness, it did not go too well here. As uh, the Browns with the Patriots, the Patriots were one and a half point favorites here. Forget the one and a half. Uh, if you had 37 and a half, you still won this one uh, because the Patriots just steamrolled the Browns 45 to seven, um, outscored them, you know, after the first quarter, 38 to nothing. And just an, I mean, just an absolute um, just debacle here for the Browns. I don't know how else you say it. Um, they had, you know, we thought they'd build up some momentum, had a chance to, to really take a big step forward here. Maybe move to six and four. Well, that wasn't happening. And now the Patriots, meanwhile, are six and four. And yeah, I mean, New England, they just keep kind of, you know, chunking a few wins here and there. And um, they are just starting to add to their win total here and really starting to play pretty well over these last, uh, I guess, last month or so. Yeah, it was, I mean, coming off of the game that the Browns just had, you thought they had so much momentum coming into this one. And just, man, the Patriots pushed them around. That was the most impressive thing for me absolutely on this game and what stood out the most is the Browns have a lot of dudes on that defensive line and they could do nothing all day and the Patriots scheme was fantastic the the offensive line for for the Patriots has improved week to week Mac Jones obviously couldn't have been more efficient and just a a full complete game that they look like one of the most balanced teams in the league at this point Um, yeah a lot of a lot of season left and you know they've won some closer games against opponents that are solid but you know week to week haven't been the best but I think, yeah, this is the most complete game we've seen from the Pats. And you know, for a team that has had a few sloppy uh, sloppy things with penalties and stuff like that, they cut all of the mistakes out in this one. And you see uh, it's just another Belichick team in November. Here we are. <laughs> and they're just improving week to week. Yep. And for the Browns, it's just like you're coming off that, that high of that win against the Bengals and feeling like you know maybe you're about to assert yourself and make uh, a bit of a run here. And with the AFC as wide open as it has been, maybe you can be that one of those top teams and – now they got to now they're about back at five and five. Like you mentioned, they they got to look look deep at themselves and figure out what kind of team they want to be because it's, the opportunity is still there in front of them, but it's not going to get any easier. And uh, they can't <laughs> completely drop the ball like they did in this one. Well, you got your uh, other upset uh, pick right here. As your official one was the Vikings went on the road and getting a win over the Chargers, who were three point favorites in this one. That's exactly what happened. Vikings win twenty-seven to twenty. It was kind of a must-win situation for the Vikings, who were at three and five, and you know you dropped three and six, like we talked about. You're pretty much done at that point. Uh, but now at four and five, still, you know, a bit of a road to go for the Vikings to uh, try to, you know, get into that playoff picture and be right there with a chance to get in. But uh, four and five is better than three and six. And uh, for the Chargers, I mean, this is another opportunity for like they had to to extend, you know, kind of their their win total, but they just couldn't find a way to do it. Yeah, Justin, I mean, this game for the Chargers, uh, they had some opportunities, obviously, to to come back, and they just could not, again, it's the same kind of thing we've been talking about. Even this one, the average uh, rush 
per attempt for the Vikings wasn't fantastic. They just haven't had all the answers on defense. And Justin Jefferson really just had a fantastic game. We finally saw him really get going. Had the, basically that one catch towards the end that kind of just willed himself to making the play to give Minnesota the, the clinching uh, first down there towards the end. And, I mean, it's just another week where it feels like the Chargers have all this talent. It feels like you'll see one or two or three just amazing throws. But outside of those passes, it just still things were missing. And now it's your five and four had a chance to t- keep first place in the AFC West, even with the with the Chiefs winning last night. And I don't know, it's just a team that feels like there's there's more to them. And just the passing game overall has been just not really targeting plays down the field as much as we saw earlier in the season. I don't know what the reason is for that, but uh, hopefully the Chargers make some adjustments because they're when they're clicking on offense, they're one of the more fun teams. And right now, uh, just a tough one against the Vikings team that was due for a win, as we've kind of talked about. Yep, they were. And uh, let's go quickly through our quick picks here. Is <laughs> this one? What a what a time for me to decide that uh, you know in the family league, of course, you get you know it's kind of a smaller league, so teams are a bit more stacked. Well, I decided to use Cordell Patterson for the first time this season. Uh, in my starting lineup, uh, and uh, well, didn't work out too well for either Patterson or the Falcons, as uh, they were just destroyed by the Cowboys. Cowboys forty-three to three, dominant performance, twenty-nine points in the second quarter. Uh, not a lot to say about this one, other than a, a very dominant win for uh, Dallas. Yeah, it was good to see Dallas get back on track. They, I mean, they've been making every play on both sides of the ball. Everything that went wrong in the game against the Broncos felt like it felt like it flipped the other direction. And yeah, Dak just some incredible throws, just great reads with uh, some of the quick quick things that the Falcons are trying to do to get to him. He'd basically release the ball before CeeDee Lamb would be out of his break. Kind of the thing we, were, we expect to see with Dak at some points, but it's still good to see after the week he had uh, previously. And for a game where they really weren't running the ball insanely efficiently against the Falcons, uh, to still put up that many points was a good thing to see. And like we've talked about with the Falcons, they've their DVI rankings and those kind of things have not really been indicative of a 4-4 and record. They've Kind of showed this was a pretty bad team. Uh, so to see their offense only get uh, just barely over 200 yards, they only can uh, convert one of 11 third downs. It was just good to see from Dallas's point of view. Look, maybe this was just one week. Let's let everyone calm down with all the overreactions to that loss to the Broncos. Uh, a lot of teams had off weeks. We, we were we're going to talk about Tampa Bay here in a second. <laughs> um, so uh, you know everyone's going to have off weeks at some point in the season. And for Dallas, they I think they're still every bit of of the. A Super Bowl contender that we've uh, come to know this season. Well, it wasn't easy, but the Titans win another one, 23-21 win over the Saints. Um, you kind of said they figured this game would be close. It was a three-point spread going in. Um, you know, Saints had their opportunities, but Titans just keep finding ways to win. Now sitting there, uh, it's eight and two. Yeah, this one really impressive for Tennessee to come out of it with a win. They did get aided by that really controversial uh, roughing the passer call and the interception yeah. in the end zone. They end up scoring a touchdown there. Sean Payton had some pretty fiery comments afterward about it. Uh, but for Tennessee, I mean, yeah, like you said, they just find a way to win. They could not run the ball against the Saints. They kind of figured that might be a tough situation uh, with how solid the run defense for New Orleans has been. But they just put together enough drives, enough passing plays, and even yeah, you know, if you went into this game and you said that AJ Brown's going to have one catch, you don't even have 
Julio Jones showing up there and it's like, man, are they, how are they going to win this game? And they're only going to run for 66 yards on 30 attempts. Like you, you feel like that's a formula for the saints to get one of the wins that we, has kind of been a signature of their season. Uh, but Tennessee did just enough and here they are. Yeah. They, and you still was impressed at certain points with what their defense did. They gave up a lot more yards in this one. By the end of it, the saints started figuring out some things in the passing game and, and nearly got 400 yards, but Tennessee just didn't break completely and got it, made enough plays to, to keep winning. And like we said, this was probably one of the tougher games left in their schedule man that that one seed for them is looking pretty pretty in play with the the opponents they have left in their schedule patriots are easily probably their hardest game uh remaining well we can group these two games together i know the colts get a win over the jags 23 17 wasn't exactly pretty but um never really felt in doubt i think the colts uh you know took advantage early and kind of stayed that way uh, for a bit there even though uh, the jags did score uh, you know that touchdown and had a two-point conversion in the in the fourth quarter. But uh, meanwhile, the Bills uh, did what they should have done to the Jags uh, a week ago. But uh, they go in and dominate the Jets, forty-five to seventeen. A very impressive performance from Josh Allen and company. Um, that's what you want to see from the Bills against bad teams. And like we mm-hmm. said, probably should, what they should have done uh, the week prior. Yeah, the Bills finally. You know, we've had a couple kind of clunkers and just tough things that happened that they lost obviously with a really back and forth game against the titans i still feel like i i believe they're still one of the better teams in the afc uh, even though josh allen hasn't been as consistent but yeah today he looked fantastic they did whatever they wanted to in the running game which is not something we've really said about this team uh, you know you add in obviously the, the end around with manuel sanders where he gets 24 yards and those things bump up the numbers but still impressive to watch stefan diggs just did all the same things we know he's capable of. His route running was ridiculous. Josh found him a few times. And the Bills defense, uh, I still believe in them as a solid group. And uh, it was really fun having that Mike White goat conversation there for, for a few weeks. And did not. it came back back to reality in this one. A lot of, a lot of poor decisions, uh, a lot of picks. So, I mean, it was... Wasn't pretty watching uh, when uh, him kind of try to operate in this one. Uh, not a lot of openings in the running game to open things up for them. Um, and in the yeah Colts Jags, I'm just happy like we talked about that we stayed away from that spread. It was it looked like maybe you know with the way the Indianapolis's offense has uh, kind of burst the the week before against the Jets that this might be a promising matchup. But something felt a little off. And sure enough, the Jags made it close for a while, but still. Yeah, at the end of the day, I don't know, they haven't all been pretty, but they've had some losses that haven't uh, been kind of come down to the end. Colts get a big win and still put themselves right in the conversation and uh, for a playoff berth. I will say, though, their schedule, unlike unlike uh, some of the teams we've talked about, much tougher for their next five games. They get the, the Bills, the Bucks, the Patriots, and the Cardinals. That is going to be a tough stretch for Indianapolis. Well, what we do know is that the Lions did not lose this week, and no, they were not on a bye. Uh, however... They did tie. Um, Steelers and Lions with the tie, and neither one of us predicted that accurately, I must say. I, I've never really thought about picking a tie in our predictions, but maybe I have to start considering that moving forward. Um, I mean, to be honest, like if you look at this, if you're, if you're going down the slate and you have to tell me, all right, which of these games on this slate are going to wind up being a tie? I could have probably put this in my top three. I probably would have said, all right, yeah. I could see this. With the Steelers, and like we said, we don't trust their offense. And the Lions, who are usually not all the time, but right there and in the mix, but yet they just have not found a way to win. Like you could have made the case that this could have been a tie. Um, but I mean, it's it's disappointing for the Steelers. I don't think there's any other way to put it. Um, this was just, I mean, I know the weather, you know, wasn't great and all that, but it's just like this was this was not great for the Steelers. 
Uh, yeah, I think the, the only takeaway that is positive for the Steelers is that T.J. Watt seemingly avoided a serious injury, did not look good initially yeah. for him, but it sounds like there's even a chance to play this week. So that's great news. But, yeah, this game and uh, overall was one of those just one of the best worst games. If you just like uh, – if you don't care about the teams and you just uh, want to watch the – for the comedic value, this is probably up there in terms of just the number of mistakes, the number of different plays, the, the missed field goal at the end just didn't even look like it ever had a chance from the Lions, both teams. Uh, yeah, it really got to like not even the midpoint of that overtime. Pretty early on, it felt like, man, no one's going to score here, are they? Because like, just no one yeah. had scored all day. The weather was awful. It was tough in the kicking game. Boswell made some pretty big-time kicks for the Steelers. But, yeah, it was just not pretty. The Lions pass offense. I know Jared Goff's dealing with some sort of injury, but he didn't look great. Man, Mason Rudolph <laughs> had some okay throws, but overall not fantastic. Steeler fans probably a little stressed, hoping that they'll have Big Ben back uh, against the Chargers this week. I think Jay Glazer said there's still a chance, even though uh, Roethlisberger is vaccinated, that he will be out. Um, so that, yeah, this is, uh, they're going to need him because otherwise, even against the Chargers, I that's going to be tough uh, sledding because I mean, for all the things we've said about the Lions fighting and every, it seems like every other week they have a closer game and they get blown out and they have a closer game like this one. Uh, still, for the Steelers only to get a tie here, it's got to be a pretty disappointing outcome and something that is concerning about their uh, where they find themselves in the pecking order moving forward. Well, for those who had the NFC Championship as the Bucks and the Cardinals, uh, it was not a great uh, day for that prediction because uh, both lose by double digits to teams with losing records here. As uh, Washington beats the Bucks 29-19, Cardinals lose 34-10 at home uh, to the Panthers. Of course, for the Cardinals, without DeAndre Hopkins and Kyler Murray in that one, uh, Cam Newton makes his return. Uh, two touchdowns. Uh, incredible there. Not a nice start for him back with Carolina. Meanwhile, uh, one of those days for the Bucks, and I think you probably had to – Tom Brady, I, I think sometimes you just like – we take for granted like he's just going to be you know perfect every mm-hmm. game, but I think sometimes you just – you have to know he's probably going to have one of those games, and this was kind of one of those games here. Yeah, it was impressive for Washington to see uh, against that, that Tampa Bay defense. I did not really believe they'd be able to do much, and sure enough, even though they didn't run the ball insanely well uh, on a per-carry basis, they, they've got some yardage when they needed to. They converted a lot – of third downs, uh, 11 of 19, uh, converted both fourth downs where they went for it. And they didn't turn the ball, you know, they didn't throw any picks. Uh, they had one turnover, but still no no picks from Taylor Heineke. And those are kind of big, big things. And uh, to not give Tampa Bay too many opportunities to get on top of them quickly. Tampa Bay has been running the ball really well this year, did not get much go- uh, going there. And yeah, just were, do, did enough to confuse Tommy. It had one pick that went off a receiver's hands, another where he basically threw it straight to one of the safeties for Washington, but yeah, definitely not his best games. Those are going to happen. And to, to Washington's credit, I mean, they, yeah, they had a lot of motivation going into this one Tampa, uh, after losing in the playoffs last year. Tampa just was not matched uh, from the Bucks, And yeah, for the, the other game, man, the Panthers, what a, just did not anticipate, you know, I thought they maybe they could win this game if Kyler was out, but uh, I did not think, you know, we were talking about both these games as like, man, we made, maybe should have made these our betting locks, and sure enough, both teams yeah. end up losing, especially with Kyler being out, but man, the Panthers' defense showed up in a big way. They made enough plays on offense as well. P.J. Walker looked fine. He wasn't fantastic, but they did enough there, get enough things uh, with McCaffrey. McCaffrey had a really good game. Uh, whether it be catching the ball or running it out of the backfield. So at the, at the end of the day, this game was more about Carolina's defense. And, not, you know, the Cardinals have been battling. You know, they, they win that game the week before. They come home here probably 
uh, feeling like they're going to take a beat here uh, before they, I believe they play Seattle next week. And man, Carolina just showed us why early in the season, they looked like a promising team that had a chance of making the playoffs. And we'll see with Cam possibly being worked in more uh, to possibly being the starting QB this week, what that means for the Panthers. Uh, it seems like it's maybe better than what we saw from Sam Darnold. They are a team that they have some tough games at the end of the schedule, but the next few weeks they have a chance to stack some wins. They get Washington, the Dolphins and the Falcons coming up. So there's a chance for Carolina to, to put them back, uh, put themselves back in the playoff conversation well we finished up with the eagles and the broncos and i, I feel like i've picked the eagles in a lot of games this year and they've just come so close and then all right i'm gonna go against them now and well now they get it done uh because the broncos who go in and destroy the cowboys turn around and lose at home to the eagles 30 to 13 because that makes sense um yeah i mean I've, I've kept saying like there's just something intriguing about the eagles and there's no consistency but you just you can see the possibilities i think with them and you know they're still probably they have to make some roster moves and such to get there but um you know they they've got the potential and i think it'll be it's gonna be an interesting offseason i think for them because you know a couple moves here and there and, and maybe they can get there uh, next season but uh yeah this was what, what else can you say a disappointing performance for the broncos who had a chance to move to six and four be right there with the chiefs uh, after the Chargers, of course, Raiders lose. Uh, but coming off that big win against the Cowboys, just a total letdown here uh, to lose at home by 70. Yeah, and they were, they were, you know, it was closer than that for most of the game. They're down seven before you have that crazy fumble return uh, by Darius Slay. Um, but, uh, yeah, still really impressed with what Philadelphia's done. And, you know, even though they're four and six, they've, they've lost some games to really good teams where they've been closer. I just feel like they're not so far off. Uh, with where Jalen's at, they ran the ball insanely well against this Broncos defense. That, that that was kind of one of the more surprising things for me to see Denver just kind of uh, give in on that side of the ball when uh, when Philly was trying to run the ball. Uh, they have kind of been more of a middle of the pack run defense DVOA wise, and it really showed up in this one. So give yeah, and give Philly's defense credit. I, you know, Denver still ends up having over 300 yards, but they did not do anything on on third and fourth down. One for 11 on third down, 0 for two on fourth down. Those are not going to get it done, and uh, and Philly just they get the block field goal and that fumble. I and mean, there's like they had the, the big swing plays that make this a 17 point outcome. But I, I still think they obviously were the better team on the day and deserved the win regardless, and are moving in the right direction. And yeah, you feel feel like they have obviously Devonte Smith, man, just a ridiculous route runner in his hands. And gosh, it's it's like I you know there's a number of receivers and they're and they've been Jamar Chase has been fantastic and. Other guys that still have a lot of hope uh, in this draft, but it's just hard for me to think about all uh, the receivers that were picked before him for the most part outside yeah. of Jamar because man, he's been he's been everything that we thought he could be uh, when he was in Alabama. He just the his slight frame kind of is held against him. It seemed like by some scouts and evaluators, but man, he doesn't matter. At the end of the day, he gets the job done, and he's already. It just feels like he's going to be a great receiver in this league for a long time. Yep, I think so too. Um, not easy to win the Heisman, um, no matter you know who you're playing against. But for him to do what he did, and uh, yeah, I think there was a lot of um, uncertainty for whatever reasons surrounding him going into the, the season. But uh, he's been very, very good, um, so without question. All right, let's wrap up quickly with our uh, fantasy waiver wire uh, selections here. I think someone that I certainly have my eye on, even though my team at a clutch points league is uh, a lost cost at this point after. I think I lost by one point, less than one point. Um, so congratulations mm-hmm. to my opponents. Um, Dylan, <laughs> meanwhile, still in the race. Still pretty good probably about his team. But uh, Michael Gallup, I think, is an interesting one. Uh, I mean, look, as we say, you want you want all you can get of good offenses. And 
I mean, for the Cowboys, I know they had the hiccup against the Broncos, but um, I think, you know, having Michael Gallup is not a bad option uh, since, you know, CeeDee Lamb had the big game. There's just there's a lot to go around there, and I think that uh, makes it very intriguing. Meanwhile, uh, Elijah Moore still out there. We talked about him in recent weeks. Uh, I know, you know, there are other ones. I, I know the Cam one's interesting for people if you need a quarterback. Um <laughs> I don't know about that personally, if, if I would go that route, but I know that is that is an option for, for people. So uh, those are certainly uh, among the group to consider. Yeah, I'm mad at myself. I had Michael Gallup and I dropped him uh, before this past week. <laughs> well, and I'm trying to I get feel him, like someone's going to pick him up. You, so. Yeah, he's he's definitely up there. Um, obviously, with the Robert Woods injury, most likely he's owned in your league. He's a little over 55% ownership in ESPN leagues. But Van Jefferson's probably going to be. I know there's a lot of made of Odell, but I think Van's yeah. probably going to really be the guy filling in more in the, the Robert Woods role. A lot of that is things are things that uh, aren't uh, going to show up in fantasy in terms of blocking and different things. He's going to be uh, just to get the offense going. But I do think overall his role is going to be pretty big time. Yeah, Rashad Bateman definitely had a pretty solid week and just feels like he quickly acclimated himself. Anything you could have hoped for for his role in that offense, uh, that is definitely turning the right direction. Um, I, I didn't realize Kendrick Bourne was only owned in 3% of leagues. I know it's, he had a big week, but he's he's been just consistently kind of around and making plays. And I know, I know there's a lot of uh, mouths to feed, maybe not dominant receivers, but still a lot of pass catchers in that New England offense making plays. I think he's a, someone to keep your eye on. Uh, if you're really if you're really desperate and want to go with the Jaguar, Jamal Agnew obviously has some big plays and some big playability, yeah. but I, I that one would be a little tougher for me. After that, it running back wise, it's it's kind of all over the place. Like you, most uh, most leagues I know in our league, you have Chuba Hubbard. I yeah, still think he has a good fantasy value if you're able to pick him up. He's just under fifty percent ownership in ESPN leagues, and then yeah, you look at the. Look at what Stevenson did well, for New Damian, England. Damian Harris is. Yeah, I was going to say, like his status is probably big for Stevenson, so yep. he's he's an option depending because that is a Thursday night game, so you never know. But um, that's an interesting one. I think he's. I think Stevenson's for sure an option. If but but we don't know exactly what the status is yet of Harris. It seems like Harris is probably going to be back, but. Um, still, yeah. that that may be a, a stash for the playoffs in case you need it. Yeah, I think him and then the last two running backs, I'd say, are the, the two guys get, uh, getting the most of the, the carries for Philadelphia. Jordan Howard and Boston Scott, both again with high uh, shares, even though they're you, obviously as a fantasy owner of either, you'd like one of them to be the primary guy. But it just feels like the rest of the season they're going to keep, they're not going to uh, ride one guy into the ground. They're going to use both. And I think uh, both decent options, uh, given that they're owned in less than 40% of leagues. Yep, be sure to uh, check all of those out. And uh, I'm just going to say this because we do this all the time. Um, if you're looking for a defense, who plays the Jets, right? <laughs> That's always the option. It's the Dolphins. So I hey. – eh. Look what they just I did. Know. I know, but we say that. And, you know, we talked yeah. about, like, the team like the Bills and what they do against the Jags and what they do against the Jets. Much different. So um, I, I would take a flyer on the Dolphins if you need them. But surely – you should have better options, I would think. But then again, maybe not. Like the Dolphins may, they may surprise us. I mean, they have finished in the top three the last two weeks. Now consider that's against the Texans and the Ravens. So, yeah, that's possible. They can keep mm-hmm. that going against the, the Jets. And then they have Carolina and the Giants after that, and they get the Jets again after that. So you may be able to use them for several weeks. Uh, maybe this is the Dolphins' turnaround. We'll be, we'll be looking for that. So uh, there you go. There are some waiver wire options uh, for week 11 but uh, there are thoughts on week 10 in the nfl and like we said one game to be played 
I uh, hope everyone out there is a big Cooper Cup fan because uh, I need him to continue uh, his ways here. Uh, we'll see what's happening. Of course, Dylan got all covered over clutch points, uh, everything going on in the NFL and NBA as well. Yeah, you can follow the NBA action and all the NFL games in the Clutch Points app. Tons of coverage, takeaways from all the all the games from this past weekend. Tons of coverage of all the news and different things leading up to the games coming up here, including this game tonight, which by the time you listen to this will have already happened, the Rams and Niners. But you can follow that game along in here. You can follow Falcons, Patriots with the same crew as Super Bowl 51 calling it on Thursday night. Um, and yeah, we'll have our waiver wire article tomorrow coming out. Uh, so on top of what Blake and I talked about more, more analysis, more uh, options for you guys to go after, and a lot of other fantasy content if you go to the clutchpoints.com to the fantasy football section there. Yep, check it all out, and uh, be sure to subscribe to the podcast, any podcast up to you, search for Savage Fast, and uh, thank you as always for listening to the podcast, and we'll talk to you next time here on the Savage Fast Podcast.